I'm a dad. I'm a dad. I'm pops. I'm an old man. I'm a cheerleader. I'm my biggest kid's biggest fan. Pastor Esteban says, I'm a young man. And I want to just introduce you to my two boys, and they are champions for God. They're great men of God. And uh, this is my youngest son. He's actually sitting right here in the front row next to his mother, because that's what good sons do. They sit next to their mothers. Come on. All right. That's Keenan. Proud of him. Played guitar this morning uh, on his way to school, on his way back up to school. And uh, this is my uh, oldest son, Austin, and he lives in Connecticut, married to Paula. And uh, they're both actually going back to school this semester, proud of them. They are the delight of my life. I am so thankful, so grateful for God's grace that he gave me the wife that he gave me. First of all, they are the boys who they are because of their mother. I tell them all the time, but also because of me. I've had a small part to play in it, and I'm grateful for, for God's grace and for the way that God has blessed their lives today. I am a father, but I also have a dad, okay? Do you know that? I know you can't believe that I'm a real human being up here, but I have a father, my name is Eugene Roy Smith Jr. That's my name. And I got a text yesterday from one of my sisters, and she said, Junior, I'm dropping Joey off at 7.30 in the morning, all right? I am 56 years of age. I am Junior, all right? So I want to introduce you to my dad. This is my dad. This is Eugene Roy Smith Sr., and uh, just like a chip off the old block there, and uh, grateful for my dad. I learned a lot of things from my dad. My dad really, I mean, there's a lot of things that I learned in life, and uh, one of the things that I remember my dad saying before he passed away, he said, son, I haven't been a perfect father, and what, you will learn for, what you've learned from me is you've learned some things to do and some things not to do. And isn't that most of our lives? We've learned some things. Like, you, know, you know, the fact is when you're a kid, I'm never gonna be like, you're, like my dad, I'm never going to be like, I'm never going to be like, I'll never do that. And then all of a sudden, you are your dad. <laughs> you are your parent. My dad had one-isms. You know what one-isms are? They're like one-line sayings, and he had a lot of them. He had a bunch of one-isms. So I thought this Father's Day, I'd give you a few, uh, few of my dad's top 10 one-isms. Can I give those to you today? All right, a few top 10 one-isms from Eugene Smith Sr. All right, number 10, turn off those lights. Do you think I'm made of? All right, you guys are smart. Ha. You're going to have to think on this one. This could think just for a little bit. This will leave you with a wonder. I'm not sleeping. I'm just checking for pinholes. All right. Number eight, whatever you do, don't tell your mother. And number seven, go ask your mother. <laughs> number six, what part of no don't you understand? <laughs> number five, you're not going out looking like that. Number four, you real, you'll realize the value of money when you start to work. Number three, if someone asked you to jump off a cliff, would you go and do it? And all the boys said, yes. Number nine, number, nine, whatever it is. number two, when I was a boy, when I was, when I was a boy, then you just fill in the blank. We walked backwards 14 miles in the snow with no shoes. When I was a boy, Boy, you want me to come back there and give you something to cry about? <laughs> all right, there you go. Family lines are complicated. Come on, all right. Family lines are complicated. Family lines are complicated. My dad was complicated. Three things I really did learn from my dad. I've thought a lot about this one. I learned how to pray for my father. I learned how to pray. If you've been around the church for a little while, uh, you come to a prayer meeting, I'm loud. 
I pray. Some of you pray quiet, and that's okay. I'm a loud prayer, right, Pastor Esteban? I'm a loud prayer. I like to pray loud. I like to feel it. I like to feel the prayer, and I just like, I'm a loud prayer. I learned that from my dad was a loud prayer. The second thing that I learned from my dad is God allows mid-course corrections. God allows mid-course corrections. I really learned that. My dad was complicated. I was born when my father was 19. He had three children by the time he was 22. 22 years old, you're barely able to wipe your nose. And he already had three kids. I look back like, I don't know how he did that, but it was complicated growing up. My youngest sister, 17 younger than, than me, had a different father than I had. Do you understand that? A different dad. She just did. And, and so that we have different stories. My father passed away a couple years ago. We had different family stories, different remembrances of my dad. And so I learned that God allows mid-course corrections. At the latter part of my dad's life, he passed away, went home to be with the Lord at the age of 59. But it was the latter part of his life that he really had a relationship with God and began to model what it was to know Christ. The last thing I learned from my dad is that I never wanted to live broke. I learned that from my father. So there's things that we learn from our parents, and there's things that we learn. There's, learn, there's things that we learn to do, and there's things that we learn not to do. Today we're beginning a brand new series entitled, It's Not What It Looks Like. It's not what it looks like. And we're going to look at the life of Joseph. We're going to look at the life of Joseph, but as I was preparing this message, I realized that so many people really don't know the stories of the Bible. And so we're going to take a little trip down memory lane. We're going to take a little trip down this memory lane called Bible history or the stories of the Bible. We're going to take just a little bit of time and do that today. When I was a little kid, my father told me that his mother married his father's brother. All right. So her husband, she married his brother. And I remember as a kid, I just couldn't figure that out. I just couldn't, you know what I realized as a very young child that my family had a complicated family line, complicated family line. And you probably have a few complications in your family line. This morning, we're going to begin our story, not talking about Joseph, not necessarily looking at Joseph. We're going to look at Joseph's father. His name was Jacob. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 37, Genesis chapter 37, the very first book of the Bible. And this is important today that you understand. This is my Bible. This is the Bible. This is God's word for you and I today. Genesis is the very first book of the Bible. And the book of Genesis is important because it's the book of beginnings. Everyone say beginnings. The first families, the first people, the first sin, the first promises of God. I mean, everything. Every, every major doctrine of Bible, of Christianity that we live, practice, and believe is found in the book of Genesis. It has its origins here. The very first families of human history have their origin right here in this book. And we're going to look at this story today in Genesis chapter 37, verses 1 through 5. And as I like to do here at City Church, I want you to stand with me in the honor of reading God's word. And the Bible says in verse number 1, 37, beginning with verse number 1. And the Bible says, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the son of Bilhah, the sons of Zilpha, his father's wives. Everyone say, Jerry Springer. Come on, right here. I mean, right in the, I mean, this is complicated. And he brought their father a bad report. 
So Joseph goes back and becomes a tattletale on his brothers. How many of you know that doesn't win brownie points with their big brothers? <laughs> Verse number three. Now Israel, who was actually Jacob, he had an encounter with God and God changed his name. God changed his name. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born of him in his old age and he made an ornate robe for him. And when his brothers saw that the father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. And Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Joseph had a dream. Joseph had a dream. I want to speak to you on this idea today. It's never too late. It's never too late. Can I pray for you? Father, thank you today for grace. It's so amazing. Thank you for every dad, every father, for every man that's in this room. God, we're grateful for our moms, thankful for all that they've done in our lives. But we know today, God, there's some, there's a special call. There's a special place. There's a special role in the Father. Every one of us, every, every child born desires to please that Father. Every, every young man desires to be like their Father at some point. Every young girl desires the proper love from her Father. God, you put that in us because uh, it's a reflection of you, the perfect Heavenly Father. And God, many of us here today had fathers, our lives were complicated, our relationships were complicated, but we thank you that it did teach us our dependency and need for you today and that you were a perfect Heavenly Father. So we, we believe bless our dads today. We honor our fathers today. We're grateful today, God, for all that you have done through them because, Lord, it's been deposited into us. We ask right now for every person in the room to have a spiritual ear to hear and to, for me to have a mouth to speak. I ask this, Jesus, in your wonderful and mighty name, and everyone said, amen. You may be seated. It's never too late. Joseph was a dreamer. But Joseph came by this dream honestly. He inherited this dream from his fathers. He inherited this dream from his fathers. You've heard the old saying, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree at some point in your life. I look at the pictures of my father and I realize how much of a resemblance I have to him as I've gotten older. The fact is today, Joseph was a dreamer, but the dream that he had was a dream that came from his father, whose name was Jacob. You see, dad, today you have an imprint on your child's life. Psychology Today, in a, in a recent article entitled Fathers and Their Impact on, Ch on Their Children's Well-Being said, even from birth, children uh, fathers, children who have involved fathers are more likely to be emotionally secure, be confident to explore their surroundings, and as they grow older, have better social connections. Instinctively, inside of your heart, you know, you know this. You know that your dad has an imprint on your life. Every young boy wants to be just like their pops. Uh, when they're little, they want, at least there's part of them, at least they want to please their father. They want to please their dad. It's why they're always trying to vie for their attention. They want their dad to see them take the shot. They, they want their dad to see them throw the rock. They want their dad to be the, they, they desire. Every young girl wants to know that love and the proper nurturing and caring that comes from a loving father. Wants to know the proper feeling of love and emotional security that a dad can bring. We know this in our hearts. 
When we look at the backdrop of human history, we realize that there were some amazing people that have lived. They lived lives of great blessings, but they also lived lives that at times committed or also caused great bummers. In Genesis chapter 37, verse number one, it says, Jacob lived in the land where his fathers had stayed. Jacob was living in the land of his fathers, the place of his fathers. And this story, the story of Joseph, which is gonna go from Genesis chapter 37 to the end of the book in Genesis chapter 50. More is written in the book of Genesis on Joseph's life than on Adam and Eve, than on Noah, than on Abraham, than any other person. Joseph, the most is written about him. And it says that Joseph had a father and his father was Jacob. And Jacob lived in the land of his fathers. This is significant. This is important because that land was the promised land. The land is called Canaan. Today it's modern day Israel. And for over 4,000 years, this land has been highly contested. This land is the fastest pathway to the Mediterranean Sea. It's the quickest route from the northern part of, of the Middle East down through Canaan, the valley that leads you all the way down into Egypt. It's the quickest route, the fastest route. And so for years, there's been battles and, and there's been challenges over this land. It's a very fertile soil. And God told Abram, a man who was living with idolaters, his father was an idol maker. God calls him out. Everyone say, God calls him out. God calls them out to a land of promise. And the fact is today, you are here because God called you out. You were living in darkness. You were living in brokenness. You were living in pain. And you heard the voice of God. God called you to him. God called you to a land of promise. So this father, this father of Jacob, this, this, the beginning of this family of faith, of this family line, the, the Jacob's family line would begin with a man by the name of Abraham. I want you to see a little bit about Abraham. I want you to see the dream that God placed in Abraham's life. It's found in Genesis chapter 12. We're gonna read just a couple of verses, verses one and three, but I want you to see what God says to Abraham. And the Lord says to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation. God begins to paint a dream. God begins to paint a future. God begins to paint a promise for this man, Abraham. And I will bless you. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth, hear me today, all peoples on earth will be blessed because of you. It's the dream. It's the dream of God. He wants to bless you. He wants to do you good. He wants to be there for you. He wants to sustain you. He wants to strengthen you. Come on, this is not the American dream. This is God's dream. It's far greater. Come on, it's not about the Benz. It's not about the Rolex. It's not about the, about the bank account today. Hear me today. Hear me. It's about God's right standing in your life. It's about having the peace of God that no matter what's going on in your world, no matter what the media is saying, no matter what the news reports are coming across the screen, no matter what's happening in your family or what's taking place in the doctor's office, hear me today, there is a peace of God that you can't buy. Come on, you can't buy it. You can't purchase it. You can't work it. It's simply the grace of God at work in our life when we say yes to him. Someone said amen. Oh, it's good. God wants to bless us. He wants to give us that peace. He wants to give us that joy. But here's the deal, it's never about us. 
This is where it always gets goofed up. We think this whole thing, we think the whole world revolves around us. Oh yeah, God loves you. But let me tell you, it's not just about you today. It's not just about you, it's not just about me. It's about what God wants to do us. All peoples on earth will be blessed because of you. Important. This is the foundation stone on which we build our lives. God wants to make us a blessing so that we can be a blessing to other people. Abraham lived an amazing life. He was a dreamer. He had amazing dreams. But I got to tell you, Abraham had a promise that God would bless him. But he didn't see it come to pass. He didn't see it come to pass right away. As a matter of fact, he would be 99 years of age before that promise would be fulfilled. See, Abraham had to wait a long time. And here's a challenge from the time of the promise to the time of the realized dream. It can be a long time in your life. And what you do in the meantime between the promise and the fulfillment of that promise will determine your destiny. It will determine your destiny. Abraham had to wait 99 years. The blessing of God was promised, but it's not what it looks like. You see, Abraham would have a son, and his son would be named Isaac. Oh, he would have a son, but it would happen in his old age. This dream would continue, the dream of God's blessing upon him and upon his descendants to be a blessing to the nations. In Genesis chapter 26, the dream comes again. The dream appears. The Lord appears to Isaac. And the Bible says the Lord appeared to Isaac. The word Isaac or the name Isaac means one who makes me laugh. Because Sarah was almost 90 years of age when she conceived and gave birth to this child. And when she heard she was pregnant, she said, ha, 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 are you kidding me? I'm an old woman. 90-year-old women didn't give, babies, give birth to babies back then. And they don't give birth to babies today. It don't happen. She laughed. Are you kidding me? You can't have a baby. She has a baby. His name's Isaac. And the Lord says to him, I will be with you and I will bless you. I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands and I will confirm the promise. I will confirm the promise that I gave to Abraham that I will bless you so that you can be a blessing to the nations. I swore to your father, Abraham. The dream continues. The dream goes from Abraham. The dream goes to Isaac. And then Isaac has two sons. He has a son by the name of Hag uh, by, he has a son by the name of, of uh, Esau and a son by the name of Jacob. A lot of names I gotta remember here real quickly here. He has a son by the name of, 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 of Esau and a son by the name of Jacob. Jacob, the blessing comes to him. Uh, it's fascinating how this blessing takes place because honestly, it didn't come to him honestly. His name literally means deceiver or tricky one. And he was a tricky one his whole life. You know, these men, they had great blessings. They, they had a great destiny. They had a dream that they were passing on, but it was a complicated portion. It was a complicated way that they lived out their lives. And this guy Jacob would come along and God would speak to him. In Genesis chapter 28, the Bible says it like this. The Bible says, and Jacob had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And there above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Jacob. Next verse. 
And I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. The dream continues. The blessing continues. Hear me today. Here's the promise. Here's the covenant. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and through your offspring. And I will be with you and watch over you everywhere you go. I will bless you. Come on, say, God wants to bless me today. Come on, God wants to bless you today. It's his heart. He's a good father. He gives good gifts. God wants to bless you. But God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing. This has never changed. It's never changed. God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing. And hear me today. Hear me. God's with you. It's his promise. The promise that he made to these guys 4,000 years ago has never changed. This is what Paul says. We are the children of Abraham. Hear me. When I, when I was a little boy in Sunday school, we learned a song, and it went something like this. Father Abraham had many sons. Come on. Had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot. Come on, let's just sing it now, folks. Father Abraham had many sons. Yeah. So are you. So let's just pray. I've never forgotten that song. Three years old, I learned that song. Father Abraham's never changed. The promise to Abraham to bless so that you can be a blessing. And I will be with you all of your life. That's his promise. Paul said, Father Abraham, that when we come to faith in Christ, we are direct descendants of that promise. The promises given to Abraham are yours and mine today. God desires to bless you. But it's complicated. It's complicated. When we look at these men's lives, I, I love what my spiritual pastor, who I've never met, but boy, I've received so much from him in the last 25 years, Dr. Rick Warren says. Dr. Rick Warren says, God uses imperfect people and imperfect ways to accomplish his perfect purposes. And that's what God does. Because see, Abraham, yeah, he was a blessed man, but he was a faulty man. He was the father of all faith. But he was also a man of great failure. See, God had given him a promise that he would have a son. and There was the in-between time in his life. And his wife became impatient. Her name was Sarah, which means beautiful one. And she became impatient because she, had never, she wasn't getting pregnant. And so she has a slave girl by the name of Hagar. Hagar, Hagar then is given to Abraham to have sexual relationships with the producer child. Somehow in her convoluted twist of thinking, she thought that this child then would become the promise of uh, the, the child of promise. But that's not what God said. That's not what God said. Hear me today. Sometimes we, we want to we, we hurry God up. We want to move the promise along. We want to get to the next step and want to help God out. And when we help God out, we almost always make a great big mess of it. And she made a great big mess of it. Because this woman, Hagar, would have a son, and his name would be Ishmael. And for 4,000 years, 4,000 years, human history, human history, geopolitics around the globe today swirl about around this Middle East question. Peace for land. It hasn't changed. Conflict, 4,000 years started because one man, 
One man couldn't wait. Yeah, the promise was going to come. Hear me today. The promises of God are yes and amen to them that believe. Abraham believed, but let me, let me tell you, in the in-between time, Abraham failed. We'll just be, be, be truthful with it. It's the reason we know the Bible is true. I know some people say, well, Abraham, the boss is now. Listen, this was not God's plan. God allowed it. Hear me today. God allows us to make stupid decisions. God has allowed me at times to fall out of the stupid tree and hit every branch on the way down. But it wasn't God's will for my life. It wasn't God's plan for my life because it didn't produce blessing. It produced pain, not just for me, but it produced pain in all those who are around me. And here's the deal, guys. Hear me today. Here's the deal. God has forgiven me. I am forgiven. I am washed. I am sanctified. I'm set free. I'm a new man in Christ Jesus. Yes. But the people I hurt never forget. They just don't. They don't forget. God forgives. People don't forget. They got to deal with my baggage. And there was baggage in this relationship. Abraham produces a son. It was a son of disobedience. It brought complication into his life. But Isaac would receive the promise. And Isaac didn't fall. The apple doesn't fall too from the tree. Isaac wasn't too different from his dad. He was a man of great blessing. He wasn't as complicated in the relationship. And he had one beautiful wife named Rebecca. And they had two sons. But he had some issues. He chose his son Jacob to be his, uh, he chose his son Esau to be his favorite. And his mom chose, Rebecca chose Jacob to be her favorite. Favoritism played in the home. Uh, Isaac, at one point, he, 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 the child was about ready to, uh, the, the, the child, uh, uh, the, the, the relationship was about ready to have a complication and that there were some people that saw Rebecca, saw she was a beautiful woman, and he wanted to give her away, pretending that he was, she was his sister, not his wife. Jacob would come along and he would see the deception. He would see the favoritism. And Jacob would start to, the same kind of pattern. He would have multiple wives. He would have children from, from multiple people. And, and this brought great complication into his life and into his relationships. And the pattern for all human history was set. Here's the pattern. We are people of promise. We are people of promise. We are people of problems. Here's the promise of God found in Ephesians. Here's the New Testament revelation of this promise found in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that God has planned for us long ago. You're God's masterpiece today, created in God's image. He has great purpose. He has a great destiny. He has a great plan for your life. But like Pastor Aaron said last week, if you didn't watch that message, you didn't, weren't here, you got to watch that. We all got two of us going on. We understand we're redeemed, we're saved, we have a new nature in Christ, but there's this old nature, this sinful thing that wants to keep rising up. Paul, the apostle in, in Romans chapter 5, addresses it like this. This is in the message paraphrase. He says, you know the story of how Adam landed us in the dilemma we're in today? First sin, then death. And no one is exempt from either sin or death. That sin disturbed relations with God in everything and everyone. In other words, one guy sinned. Here's the deal. Eve was deceived. Adam disobeyed. Adam willfully chose to disobey. Adam should have been leading the way in his relationship with God. But instead, Adam was allowing Eve just to kind of go on and do her thing. And he wasn't leading the way spiritually. So when the enemy came, she was deceived. But when she brought that piece of fruit to him, he ate it willfully. He willfully disobeyed. And the responsibility for sin was laid on him. 
was laid on him. Dads, we have a responsibility to lead the way in the right way in our families, in our homes, in our communities, in our church. God wants us to lead the way. Come on, everyone, set him in. This guy, Jacob, he, he's complicated. He had several, several complications. He had multiple marriages. He was passive in dealing with his older boys, and he played the favorite with his kids. He played the favorite with his kids. Someone defined dysfunction like this. That which is not operating according to its original design. Faulty, impaired, not working properly for optimal results. God has optimal results desired and designed for you. But dysfunction comes. We recognize. We understand it. The issue isn't, and here's the thing, dysfunction comes to all of our families. It's just whether we embrace the dysfunction or not. Some of us wear our dysfunction like a badge of honor. We wear it like the victim card. You know, the, we wear it, we wear and, and I just listen, I mean, these, are, these are common, these are, these, are, these are out there, this is nothing new, but there's signs of dysfunction when addictions rule in our home. Life-controlling behaviors, uh, explosive anger, foul language. When other people, your kids, or maybe even your spouse, walks into the room and they feel like they're walking on eggshells because they don't know what kind of mood you're in. That's dysfunctional. Perfectionism. We call it being anal retemptive. Anal retemptive. Your children never able to measure up. You have such a high standard for them. They never feel like they can do good enough. People avoiding. There's avoidance. You got difficult issues. No one wants to talk about it till the light, till the electric bills, or till the electricity gets shut off. There's abuse. There's abuse. There's verbal abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, triangulation. People stop adulting. Parents stop adulting, and they they use the other the child to have conversations with the other parent. It's just it's wrong. If you're a parent today and you've got a complicated relationship with a person that's an ex, don't use your child as the go-between. Be an adult. Pick your, put your big girl, your big boy pants on and have a conversation with that person. It's not fair to your child. They're not the adult. They're not your best friend. They're your child. See, these things became examples to these people. I love what Will Rogers once said. There are three kinds of men in the world. The one that learns by reading the few who learn by observation, the rest of them have to pee on the electric fence to find out for themselves. I mean, I mean, this passed on. The blessing was passed on, but their propensity to do certain kinds of things and make certain kinds of choices were passed on. You've seen it in your own life. You've seen it in your own kids. The husband and wife get into a conflict. The husband yells at the kid. The wife's frustrated. She walks away. She finds Junior. She begins to get frustrated and yells at Junior. Then Junior gets frustrated, turns around, and looks at his sister, begins to yell at his sister. Then his sister gets talk, kicked off and sees the dog, and she wants to kick the dog. Come on, behavior, it's modeled. It's modeled and it's passed on and this behavior was passed on. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Jacob was an example of what to do, what not to do, but ultimately he became an example of what to do. Hear me today. God allows mid-course corrections. 
God allows, you got to hear this today. God allows mid-course corrections. In verse number three, I want you to see this. I think I put it on the screen. Now Israel, because he had a name change. This used to be Jacob. Loved Joseph more than any of the other sons. You know, he had 10 sons, 10 sons by four different women by this time. So those 11 boys, he would go on to have Benjamin and one daughter by the name of Dinah. He had been a passive father, disengaged father. You know, my wife always says, you know, the mom knows when the dentist appointment is, the dad is vaguely aware the kids are in the room. (laughs) He'd been a passive dad. He didn't discipline his boys. But he said he realized, he realized at some point of his life, some point, you know what? God called me to be a blessing. And I haven't passed my blessing on to the next generation. He makes a mid-course direction. And he shows his son, Joseph, the love. Treats him the way that he should have treated the rest of his boys. He treats him with value. He treats him with dignity. He raises him up to be the champion that he was created to be. Sometimes we've made mistakes in our past, but it ain't over till it's over. It ain't over till it's over. The Golden State Warriors were going to win. It was so close. It was so close. It ain't over till it's over. God allowed a mid-course correction. He loved Joseph more than any of his sons because he'd been born in his old age, and he made an ornament of robe. The ornament of authority. You know, it, it, Joseph would have to deal with this, and we're going to talk about the dream. You have to come back next week and talk about the dream that Joseph would carry on. But hear me today. He recognized the greatness that was inside of him. And here today, God recognizes the greatness inside of you. God loves you. God has put a cloth. He's cloaked you with the cloth of authority. You're here today, you're, you're a parent, you're a father. I'm speaking to the dads. Maybe you just, you've been passive. Maybe your kids are still little. And you've really been kind of passive, haven't been fully engaged. Maybe, maybe your relationships are complicated because you're already in another relationship and your kids are living with their mom or someone else. And I'm telling you today, God allows mid-course corrections. God allows you to get engaged in their life. God allows you to do what, what, what you can do. Because here's, when we do what we can do, God does more than what we ever could think or imagine or believe. That's the kind of God that you and I serve today. God allows mid-course corrections. Jacob loved his son. Here's the promise. Here's the promise when we begin to see the necessity to make a mid-course correction. Isaiah chapter 67, 61 verse 7 says it like this. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. You will, since so your inheritance, you will receive a double portion in your land. And everlasting joy will be yours. Here's what God wants to do. God wants to take the shame. God wants to take the pain. And God wants to pour out a double portion of his blessing. A double portion of his favor. Come on. God wants to pour out a double portion of his kindness, a double portion of his forgiveness, a double portion of his hope. Oh, God takes the shame of our life. God wants to pour out double portion, double portion. God wants to bless. God wants to bless today. Second thing today, 
every dad in the room, you got to know this today. You got to know this today. It's your number one responsibility to pass on your faith and to leave a blessing for the next generation. Hear this today. Genesis chapter 26, verse number four. Listen to this. I will make, God speaking to Isaac, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And I will give all of them these lands. And through you, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Why? Why? Because Abraham. You know what Abraham did? He was a faulty man. At the end of the day, Abraham landed on faith. He was a man of faith. And Abraham passed on the, on the blessing to Isaac, to the next generation. To the next generation. Dads, it's our number one responsibility. Isaac was a faulty man, but he was a man of faith. He was a man who believed God. Because he believed God, he would pass on the blessing to the next generation. Jacob! Jacob was a faulty man. He was a tricky man. He lived much of his life as a deceiver. But in his old age, come on, in his old age, he realized the necessity to make a mid-course correction. And he said, I'm going to pass the blessing. The the blessing of faith. The blessing of prayer. The blessing of peace. The blessing of joy. The blessing of grace. The blessing of a hope and an eternal God. The one true God who is the yes and amen. I am going to believe. Jacob passed that blessing on to his son Joseph. And Joseph would become a dreamer. Joseph would become a dreamer. One man led the way. One man led the way. You are a destiny changer today. One man, 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 right there, one man, one man, one man, one man, one man, one man, you're a destiny changer. In your child's life today, I don't care. Listen, uh, my children today, my children today are 23 and 28. They're my sons. They're my boys. I, I I say boy all the time. Boy, I love you. Boy, I believe in you. Boy. <laughs> children, you're passing this on. In your child's life today, you got to recognize something. You're one or two things. You're the gas pedal. You're the gas pedal. You're enabling them to go faster, to go farther, to, to believe for greater, or you're the break in their life. You're the break. You're the gas pedal, or you're the break in your child's life. The choice is yours. God's calling you today to lead the way. I want every man in this room, every man in this room to close their eyes. God's calling you to lead the way. There's a generation. There's a generation. I got a text from a person that's not even, I'm not even their father. I got a text. I got multiple texts from men today, other men today. said, thank me for being the dad. I I, I carry that. I I wear that very cautiously with great humility because I recognize that people are watching my life. But hear me today, you're in this room, people are watching your life. You carry a great responsibility to pass this on, the blessing of God, to be a blessing to the next generation. You pass, you carry this as your destiny. Some of you men in this room need to make a mid-course correction. I'm not saying you're not saved, but you've been disengaged, you've been passive. You've let the mom take the spiritual lead and God's calling you to rise up. God's calling you to be a man of God. Stop reading the reports in the media. 
God, God's called you today to live a life that pleases him.